millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paul Hawksby. And Eddie Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. An old pal of ours, an old colleague of ours came and saw us, didn't he? He's, he's, gone, on, he's gone on to great things. He has. He's uh, the director and writer of The Inbetweeners. Yeah. And now he's got a new film that he's produced and directed. Yeah, called The Festival. The Festival. Yeah, right. uh, Ian Morris is known. He's a big QBR already, fan. But I did know it. Cricket fan, sorry? <laughs> I've forgotten already. You've forgotten his name? <laughs> no, no, I've forgotten his name. <laughs> I haven't forgotten his name. One of my, <laughs> you were with him for about seven he's years. He's one of my protégés. Yeah, I've forgotten his name. No, he hadn't forgotten his name. Anyway, he's on. He was on good form. Jorginho's uh, shin pads. Yeah, the no, Asian Games. That got covered today. Uh, what else? Uh, what else? Yeah, oh, all sorts. About. All sorts, yeah. yeah. And he made a funny noise, which is a bit weird, <laughs> but we didn't dwell on it too much. And I got to page two of my notes. Which oh, yeah, well, that's, always, that's always a good sign. Always the real dregs. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I hope you enjoy it. You mentioned the lineup for Celebrity Big Brother there, hmm. and there's a, they've also announced the lineup for um, not Celebrity Big Brother uh, strictly. Yeah, but they've also announced the lineup for Celebrity Big Brother. I did see that, Andy. Yeah, yeah. would and you it, do that if offered? No, you wouldn't know. No, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, but but see, that's something you would be great value in. Yeah, I would be but because right. you, you're short-tempered. You don't, you know, you're one of those people that you can get quite impatient and be quite honest <laughs> about what you think of people. It'd be you'd be great telly. I, I think, know, in my, that my, show. My wife would be very happy if I'm <laughs> for three and a half weeks. She, she's very miserable. You know, think of the money. All the yeah. it'd be like you'd be in Hello Magazine. That's all true. All the spin-offs, all the TV yeah. career you get. I have been in uh, OK Magazine. Have you really? Oh, yeah. What was that for? Uh, that was uh, we were at the cricket Bunbury cricket. I made sure I got my face in the photo. So you are a bit of a publicity hound. Aren't I you? am. Anyway, this person Gabby Allen is in there. Not I'd, Gabby Allen. That's what I prefer. The chairman <laughs> of the old chairman of the MCC, Gabby Allen. Yeah, that'd be good. Who, I knew. I know her better. Uh, be good if Mike Ashley moved Rafa Benitez from Newcastle to run House of Fraser. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've noticed about Mike Ashley. He loves a white shirt. I think a lot of these rich blokes. This is a thing that rich people do. Yeah, they, they get a look. And then they get like loads of the they same look. They stick with it. So, for example, Simon Cowell, he always wears the same shirt, that yeah, halfway yeah, button. Yeah. Uh, Charles Sarcher, he always wears that same white shirt. There's something about a white shirt. You know, so. the white shirt with a, with a kind of black suit, isn't he? Charlie yeah. Sarcher, that's his yeah, look. Yeah, yeah. So, Mike, uh, Mike Ashley is kind of the 
it's the look of I just it's a kind of coach driver look, isn't it? It's a, yeah, it's he a has better the, quality shirt than that. I know, right? but he has the build of a coach driver. He does. If he got on the coach and you, and you knew nothing about football, <laughs> you'd say that you coach wouldn't driver's think, wearing a nice white shirt. That's the bloke who owns quality. the company. No, you wouldn't. You think okay, how's he going to reverse out of that gap and get back on the? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the A1. Wouldn't be ideal, would mm. it? And uh, I was quite intrigued by the uh, court circular today where Miss Elsie Tickle got engaged. Elsie Tickle? Yeah, but sadly not to Geoffrey Schlupp. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Schlupp and Tickle. Oh, that, yeah, that's, well, what a show that would be. <laughs> They're tremendous. Elsie Tickle. She's from the Carry On films, <laughs> yeah, isn't she? She is, really, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got? Um, We're yeah, going to talk Tottenham in a minute. Okay, yeah. I have my thoughts. Go on, um, no, not now. We'll do it when uh, Crackers will join us. Well, uh, talking to Tottenham, Eric Dyer has been defending the fact that Spurs bought no players, mm. which it doesn't really stack up. I mean, don't blame him for doing it. And no. What else can he say? I mean, yeah. let's be honest, he's not going to say, oh, God, I wish we'd signed some players. But it is a bit odd saying, look at the other teams around us. They might have signed players, but not many are better than what they've already got. And you mm. think, well, that's not really true, is it? Liverpool right. definitely signed better players. Jorginho is definitely better than Bakayoko. You know, I think other teams around Spurs no, have they signed didn't. players. No, they did. You're not going to get me arguing about that. I mean, we, he's putting a bit of a brave face on it, but it was finding the right mm. players that they needed to, to strengthen the side. And they would argue well, they, would uh, argue they, they didn't. Couldn't. I mean, it could have That's been right. that instead of maybe hitting the phones and speaking to agents, the chairman was wandering around a building site, a hard hat, shouting, mm. "Why are you sitting there? Why is all that? <laughs> why have you put those chairs in? Why is the pigment not been put into those chairs? They're going to go light blue after two weeks. Why is the roof not on? Why is there no pitch? That's what happened. He spent all of that afternoon last yeah. Thursday shouting at people in a hard hat. I suppose that's true. Mm. I think Simon Jordan. Had I understand the best he has been doing that. My intelligence tells me I, I, when I worked at uh, Chelsea, it was at the time they were building that the hotel behind the mm. West End, and the, Mr. Bates, the chairman, uh, Ken Bates, would would. Uh, he would do the rounds, and you'd be, sometimes we'd sort of go around and get something to eat. He'd mm. say, "Yeah, come and have lunch. I want you to talk to you. Come and say mm. buy your lunch." It was yeah. always quite entertaining. Yeah, of course, so you'd yeah. go along, a couple of you, he'd have a bit of lunch, and he'd hold court and he'd tell you what he wanted. But if we walked past, it's because they were building the West End. Some some poor builder sitting there having his lunch. A couple of them. <laughs> They've probably done about a ten hour shift. What are you? What are you sitting here for? <laughs> oh no. Well, I'm having lunch. Never mind lunch. Go on with it. Oh. <laughs> So I think yeah. I understand that, that uh, Daniel Levy has just been like that. Time he's, is money. He's he's been out there, you know, mm. cheering them all up all the time. Very hands on. What can you do? Yeah. I mentioned Jorginho there, and uh, some eagle-eyed bloke spotted that uh, he's got photos of his dogs on his shin pads. I've never seen that before. Who has? Jorginho. Really? He said custom-built shin pads with photos of his two dogs, one on each. Do you know what? That's a good point because you know players have kind of personalised boots. Hmm. But do they bother with shin pads? Do they have the personalised shin well, pads? They obviously do. You know. I mean, but how rare is that, Andy? Well, I just ask the listeners. <laughs> no idea. If you're in the shin pad business, <laughs> uh, let us know. Uh, this Everybody's afternoon. solely in the shin pad business. They normally sell goalie gloves and other. Well, is it a bit like being someone who cuts keys? You also have to <laughs> engrave trophies and yes. put Blakey's on shoes. You have to do all those I things. I don't think people do. People do shin pads only. I'm not sure. Um, well, I don't know. Probably do leg guards as well, you know, and yeah. thigh pads. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd be in the full leg pad business. <laughs> okay. no I'm arguing that the people that make thigh pads for cricketers don't make shin pads for football. Oh, okay. It's a good argument. I'm, I'm not going to argue that no, much for I, that I, long, you'll be pleased to hear. No, I'm very pleased. But let us know. I mean, have you, the personalised shin pad, is it a mm. thing? Maybe you've got some yourself. I don't know. Of course you haven't. Why would you? You could be a professional footballer <laughs> driving back, in which case... Uh, please go hands-free. You can see what happens when footballers <laughs> use their phones, can't oh, no. you? 
And uh, talksport.com, yes. text 81089, tweet TSH and J. It's unfortunate that Liverpool did the right thing, though, didn't they? They had to. What could they do? And mm. it's, you know, I'm sure they would just get a slap on the wrist. You know, it was a bit of a silly thing to do. He might get a fine, but who knows? Mm. But hopefully, uh, anyway, they did the right thing. Mm. And Jamie Carragher, you see this, he did so well here. I mean, the City fans who goaded him, you should be ashamed of yourselves. You know, I can see why they did it because he did that thing before. But, you know, leave the fella alone. And they really... It's not just... I'm oh, not, is, one it, paper, is it a video? Uh, yeah, it's a video. In one paper, they said, oh, they spotted him. They didn't spot him. They goaded him and were incredibly abusive. Mm. And at one point, he, he almost bites. And then he thinks about it and he remembers you know, yeah, what yeah. position he's in. Thank goodness he just goes inside. But, you know, don't do that. want to hear from you this afternoon about uh, scruffy sports people. This comes from uh, our head of football uh, the other day, uh, David Walker. Uh, he was um, just tweeting um, about uh, a player that he'd watched. Then he said, it's always good to see a player with his shirt tucked in. It's something you rarely see. It was the Wolf centre-half, Ryan Bennett, a man after my own heart. He said, the only player on the pitch with his shirt tucked in in the Wolves. Tuck, haven't they all tucked them in? No. He said they were all out. They were all really? out. But this, yeah, this boy. You think these days... That Portuguese thing. When the... When the... <laughs> when the Ryan Bennett. When the, <clears throat> when the shirts are tighter and they're yeah. all cut, all these boys are in great nick. Yeah. You, know, you think they'd, they'd want to accentuate that. Yeah. But... Um, I thought it would be more aerodynamic to have it tucked in than... You but know. it just led me You only to wear think, it out when you're a bit like me. You've got a bit of a gut and you want to well, cover it up a not bit. Not necessarily. The only, the only thing... Higuain. Is, he wears it like what's it called? Higuain, yeah, wears it. He has a gusset, doesn't he, in his shorts? <laughs> so, um, scruffy sports people you've played with over the years. I'm sure you hear a story. It was a footballer or, or a boxer recently. You wouldn't wash ahead of his fights. He just would just get really fetid. <laughs> oh, that's not nice. And not clean his teeth. No, Jack Russell said that. You know, I saw an <clears> interview right. the old wicketkeeper. He yeah. said that he let his breath be really terrible. That's what it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Behind the stumps. So, And he was fairly scruffy. Jack, wasn't he? Really? Yeah, I know. But... So, um, let us know. Great scruffy sports people. <sighs> How's that? He yeah. Like that. <laughs> 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 and their faces. <laughs> so, uh, you know, let us know. In, how did that manifest itself? Dirty, scruffy, whatever it is. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. If you like the in-between, there's a pretty good chance you're going to like the new film, The Festival, that had its premiere last night and it's out at the cinemas uh, shortly. Joining us now, the director uh, of the film, an old mate of ours from our fantasy football days, Ian Morris. How are you doing, Ian? I'm very good. It's lovely to be here. Thanks yeah. for having me. Good to see you. It's been see four you. years since the last in-betweeners movie, I yeah. understand. Yeah. Yes, that's the last time I saw you guys, I think. I know, you, we were saying you've got the full beard now, which yep. is paid to your famous Louis, Louis van Gaal impersonator. Yeah. yeah, it's a big sacrifice for me. I it was it was a great bit because say so people can do famous voices, but I think you were the only person who could do the face of Louis Van Gaal without the vo- you couldn't do the voice particularly. Could <laughs> the face was no, the face was, bad. No, the it was, voice was very bad. But also, the, to do the face, it was hard to get a voice out. I had to really yeah. throw my chin yeah, right yeah. in. But it was, it was, it's a shame we've lost it now until you shave the beard off. So there. So how did the film sort of come about then? Well, we, uh, you know, we Dame and I after the Inbetweeners did a deal with uh, Film Four Entertainment to try and create more sort of comedy films, British comedy films, really. And um, two guys, uh, Joe and Keith, who'd written this sitcom Siblings that we worked on that we loved, mm. uh, had an idea about doing a festival movie. So me and Damon worked with them to sort of, you know, get a script together. And then and then I went and made it in a muddy field last year for about eight weeks. Wow. You directed only... it as well, yeah? Sorry? You've directed it I directed well. this one, yeah, yeah. It's one of the only times I've ever had to worry about your crew getting trench foot. 
<laughs> it was like everyone was just like in mud and boots for so long. So the authentic festival, festival, festival experience. Like, it was pretty yeah, much like that, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we had a set that was in, this, in these fields, just really close to Glastonbury, actually. And, um, you know, we were like, oh, we're filming on the set today, filming the set today. But actually, what a festival set is, is a field outdoors mm. in some mud. Yeah. So we'd be like, oh, that's, uh, that's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. It's got Joe Thomas in it, of course. Yep. He was in the in-between. He's, he's a brilliant comedy actor, isn't he? I think. I think he's really, really fantastic. And I think this is actually the best thing he's ever done, Joe. Yeah, he's really sort of subtle and likeable. And it's, you know... I, Getting a bit of a reputation for torturing him, but he's kind of like he's quite fun to torture. Yeah, I mean, he sort of wears it he's well. interviewed today in the Garden. He talks about that. Oh, does he? Yeah. 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 So oh, no. every, he said every time he uh, he works with, you, I can't remember. Oh, no, it's find in the, the Times. It's, it's, it's in the, the beginning. Times, it's right yeah. at the top of the. Oh piece. dear. He said, "Where was it? Every time I work with Ian Morris, I have to humiliate myself." <laughs> <laughs> also, I mean, we're quite personal. We're quite close personal friends as well. We went to Berlin together a few weeks ago. You know, it's like he has to do it the whole time. It is interesting. You mentioned we'll come back to the film in a second, but you yeah. mentioned siblings. Then I was telling you, I loved that series. I thought it was a brilliant thing. But it's amazing how many comedies kind of get lost these yeah. days. And I don't know what that is, whether it's the multi-channel thing, but it, that happens often to a comedy. They, even they'll get two series and then that'll be it. Yeah. I think it was two series. It was two it? series, that's right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I think it's sort of, I guess, one of the good things about you know Netflix and stuff now is that at least things have a bit of a life. And you've got a chance to get, so if everyone mm. wants to go and watch Siblings now, they've got a chance at least of finding it. Whereas in the old days, it'd be like, it's gone out. That's it. It's gone. Yeah. it's gone forever, you know. Yeah. I mean, Channel 4, it seems, want films, British films, comedy films, in the cinemas, yeah. which are the route you're going, because you could have gone down Netflix. Yeah, no, I, I, th I think the thing is for me, again, it's what I sort of gamble with doing the big films, like I say, rather than doing it for Netflix, is that the cinematic experience of sitting with you know, 300 other people all laughing at the same time just makes things funny, and it's mm. quite nice. And you don't, you know, it's like going to see stand-up. When you go and see a stand-up, there's loads of you all laughing. It's the sort of experience you don't get at home and I think making you know laugh out loud hopefully comedy films you can go and see in the cinema that is that is the cinematic experience for me and I think you know it's it's harder to do and you know and risky I guess it's cost more money to advertise it and that sort of thing but yeah. it, it feels like if it's it's worth getting right if you can you know having that support of channel 4 is important because Noel Clark comes in and sees us a lot and he's you know he's at times you feel like he's a one man british film industry he gets yeah. stuff mm -hmm. he gets stuff made but he talks about the process now tortuous it is to to get british films made and get them in the cinema yeah it's difficult it's difficult because you know because we speak english and americans make a lot of films in english that are really brilliant and huge and have huge marketing budgets so and there's only so many screens that's the other thing so it's like you you know, if you want to put on our film, you've got to take another film off, whether it's The Incredibles 2 or Mamma Mia or something that's coming mm. off. So, you know, cinemas have that balance. and they, You know, they're there to make money. So it's a kind of, yeah. it is difficult. But, but you've got the track got... record of the in-betweeners, of mm. course, uh, yes. and, the, and the movies. So from the makers of, I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty good on the posters. You, you kind of know effectively what you're going yeah, to get. Yeah, it's pretty it's... much, there's not a great uh, shift thematically <laughs> in my work. <laughs> no, I saw, I kind of saw an extended trailer, but, you know, that, that's good. If you're looking to sell a film, I think that's important. So, yeah, I hope so. I mean, I just, you know, it's what makes me laugh and what makes Damon laugh and you know it's an attempt to try and get lots of people laughing in a cinema at the same sort of things really and, and mm. it is new characters and new actors and so lucky to work with an amazing cast on this one you know it had like um, Noel Fielding's in it and Nick Frost's in it and Claudio Doherty's really, really funny in it and stuff so it's, it's been really good because um, really to go fun. from it's traditionally to take a TV series that's successful and, and make a film out of it is very difficult I mean things like On the Buses you know yeah. wow. doesn't, really, doesn't really work but well, a lot of people classic mate they no, make but... mutiny on the buses a lot of these things but the in-betweeners did work didn't it I mean and was the biggest British film grossing yes yeah, I think film? it was yeah the first one I think the second one was the biggest weekend or something yeah, yeah. but it's, um, it, I think it's because for those films and those guys it made sense almost it was like you know that next rite of passage when you leave school is going on a lad's holiday and then maybe for a lot of kids the next thing is a bit of travelling and backpacking and stuff so it wasn't too difficult we wouldn't have to crowbar in a film if that mm. makes sense you know mm. it was kind of 
it's kind of there, really waiting. So the, the, it's called the festival, obviously. Yeah, it is. That tells us what, just absolutely, what it's absolutely what it is. It's, it's exactly. You don't need to explain <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, really. Not a clever title. Let's it's, it's the festival experience <laughs> yeah. of for someone of uh, of that age. Yeah, it is really. And again, I mean, I hadn't been to festivals for years, and I was researching this. I went, you know, quite a lot, and it is kind of. It is a kind of mad, weird three days you have. And I think hopefully the film really captures that and it has an idea of like, it's not all brilliant. Mm, <laughs> it's a kind yeah. of bit horrible. And, you know, it's kind of muddy and messy and fun and some bits are euphoric and some bits are really, really depressing. And, mm. you know, it's kind of mixed through all that stuff, really. The Festival Toilet, of course, will feature at some point, will it? it, it will, to. yeah. I mean, it will. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I, mean, not, I mean, maybe not in the way you think, but yeah, it's definitely in there because it's, it becomes such a huge part of it. Mm. You sort of wander around festivals going, how much longer can I hold this in, basically? Yeah. <laughs> That's, we, that's we always uh, were fascinated that something that happened to to us when we were away with you one weekend ended up in the in between. I can't talk about it this time of day. Yeah, but ended <laughs> I up think we probably can. It involved the fashion show, didn't it? Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah Don't you yeah, remember yeah. that yeah, time in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. Uh, something you of, actually did, and yeah. then it ended to up prove in the a film. point. To yeah. prove a point that you could yeah. basically yeah. do what happened in yeah. the, the fashion show yeah. for about uh, half an hour and go around and just talk to people. We saw it with, I, if, if you'd have told me this was possible, I'd said it, it isn't. And they, <laughs> we, we saw it with our own experiment. Eyes. We were just looking and going, someone, yeah, no one spotted Someone it. could walk around in that state <laughs> yeah. of... Uh, undress. Undress. Yeah. For half an hour in a bar <laughs> chatting to people. And they would never look down and notice this... Yeah, I know. silver skin pickled onion. Of course, we knew, we knew, and yeah. I, I thought I was going to die. It was, yeah, it was <laughs> one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It was, it was, it was very good, funny. It was a good night out, though. Wasn't it, it? It, it was. It was a good, good weekend. Three yeah. people came home in wheelchairs. That's right. Yeah. I remember <laughs> Spencer Milburn, uh, who produced the second in between this film, came back in a wheelchair because he got so sunburned on his feet he couldn't walk. <laughs> the right. tops of his feet were so sunburned. <laughs> I was like, how right. stupid you have to be yeah. to throw the tops of your feet and nothing else. That was it. That's all he did. Now we used to do a cricket show about a million years ago on here, and you'd pop in now and again. You love your cricket. You still, you still follow the game. I just, you know what I. My wife's American, so I spend quite a lot of time living in LA, and it's impossible to watch cricket over there because because the, the timings and stuff like mm. that, and it's hard to find and stuff. So I've been I've been slipping a bit, but I was hoping to get to a couple of tests. No, there's summer. an answer. I've got an answer for you because I spent a bit of time in Argentina, and uh, the cricket isn't on there. Get yourself a sling box. Oh, really? Put it to your TV here. Yeah. Then you'll be able to watch cricket Done. anywhere in the world. What about that? What a top you'll be tip. the only person in LA watching. I don't know, twenty twenty match between England and. They've probably got a team. Have they got a sort of an LA cricket club? There must. Oh, be there is a Hollywood cricket club. Yeah, sure there is. There is a Hollywood famous Hollywood cricket club. Yeah, I've never. What about C. Aubrey Smith? I don't think he's with us any. No, I wouldn't think so. What about QBR? Are you able to follow them from afar? Yeah, actually, they've got this one of those passes you can buy. But actually, I think I've been to quite a few games this year because I was making the film over here. So I've been been going quite a lot. I'm not going tonight because my wife's over, and she's. Turned into an Arsenal fan. I was like, really? What <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally, it's like, what? What's happened? What? She said to me, "Oh, who's the best?" We were living in Islington, and she went, "Who's the best team?" And I went, "Well, I mean, best team, Queens Park Rangers." And then uh, <laughs> they said, "But no, who's actually the best team?" And I said, oh, no, "Man City." And she went, "Who's the best team nearby?" And I went, oh, "Arsenal." And she went, "I think well, I'll be an Arsenal." Oh, this man. was about four years ago. I take this it. was, was it? This last was, year. Last year, and, and you, you said the best team in this area well, was, it was Arsenal. Well, yeah. I, have you not looked at the league table? Well, we were recently? very close. We were very close. <laughs> and then um, they and were then in Islington. She started buying my son. 
like Arsenal t-shirts. Oh, oh no, is the worst he, thing I've ever. You've really got a very bad. Foot. I am putting my foot down that one. Yeah, have you, has he got a has he got a QBR? Kit? He's got so many QBR kits. My dad has <laughs> just covered him in every every birthday. It's like just absolutely blue and white. <laughs> is he he's leaning like, towards he's QBR? Got, or? He's got the birch hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he has got the little bit of blue and white in there. You think he's QPR fan? There's no way he's going to be anything other than QPR fan. Although I'll be honest with you, when he was first born, I had this moment of looking at him, you know, and there's sort of tears in your eyes, and I remember thinking. Is this fair? <laughs> is this a fair thing to it's do true. to a child? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's a it's a shared it's a shared thing. I think. It's a bit tricky, isn't it, Steve McLaren? It was a strange appointment, really. Oh. I, I couldn't quite, I can't quite see it, and they've not made a great start, really. Do you know what? I, I, went, to, I went to a lot of games last year at home. It's all the last eight or nine home games, and I was so proud of that team again. I started to feel like, you know. So many young players coming through, scoring, not playing all the games, you know, getting blooded in. Mm. You know, the, the team looked fantastic. Alex Smithies is I saw Seaman play there. Alex Smithies is the best goalkeeper I've ever seen play at Queen's Park Rangers, like the best goalkeeper I've ever seen play. And you know, Holloway and Bertram I thought were sort of really connected to the fans and it, and it felt like this is the sort of club I wanted to be part of. Mm. And, and and he had weird selections away from home and we had a terrible away record. But then I just and then I just got rid of him and McLaren came in. I was like, yeah. oh, no. But I mean I had this thing where I go with my dad, but when I, as soon as I go into Loftus Road, I'm only positive. So I never say anything negative. I never shout at the players, <laughs> never shout at the ref. I, I just like, I'm just I'm only same. positive. <laughs> and it's kind of like, I'm the same. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? Because I, years ago, I used to be saying, and it's one of those things where I'm just like trying to breathe at the moment. Thinking, yeah. I'm going in, you know, when it's two weeks' time. Just like, go in, be positive. <laughs> We've got a lot to, he's got a lot to be happy about. But yeah. the truth is, Smithies was worth, I think, a goal a game for us last year. We've lost both those first two games by mm. a goal. And I think it's because. We didn't have maybe the strike force to get that many goals, and he was so good that he was stopping. Has he gone? He's gone to Cardiff. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're always a big fan of McLaren Island, the small clump here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. little out, the, the yeah. little outcrop. You can, I think you can. Uh, there's a, a ferry that goes there to <laughs> McLaren Island. Which, uh, I feel like that's my cheap. future. Actually, I saw some pictures last night from the uh, from the uh, festival premiere. I was like, "Who's that ball bloke?" That's oh, me. That's me. Anyway. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, um, I'll, I'll ask a question on behalf of the Inbetweeners fans. I mean, yes. uh, there would be a way to return to them one day when they've all gone their separate ways, and then. Maybe happen upon each other and come back. Is that something you've ever considered, you and Damon? Would you do it again? Yeah, I mean, we we get on so well with those four boys. We get so well with each other, and we, you know, we've got a WhatsApp group, and we're always, you know, mucking mm. about and stuff. And it, we all love working with each other. I don't think any reason why we wouldn't at some point in the future. Yeah. But um, we haven't got any ideas. Like, we're yeah. a bit like, <laughs> so, totally bereft of any good ideas. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Can you believe that? That story Toby just said about Bale's goal in the final. It didn't make the shortlist. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was only a goal in the final. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah, not important know, or anything. I've often said, uh, listen, you know, the element of jeopardy, a great goal is always added to by the sense of the occasion. Mm. You know, if a goal scored, great goal like scored in a park, then fine. Sense of the occasion. Yeah, and but often and the FIFA goal of the year is a goal from the park or something, or, you know. <laughs> it often is. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, that's just, yeah, it's from the sort of lower reaches. I saw one scored uh, from inside their own half this week. But that, that was a great goal in a great match. I mean, yeah. surprising to me. But there you go. Wow. What can you do? What do we know? Nothing. Do you want to hear John McGinn sing? Yeah. He's just joined uh, Aston Villa, mm. as you know. We just chatted to John Hartson. and there's an expectation he'd go to Celtic, but. They've got themselves a bargain there, uh, Aston Villa. He's, he's looked very good at the weekend. So, um, as is the, the kind of custom these days in the world of football, um, rather than, say, having your, your kecks set on fire by Vinnie Jones, uh, as he used to do at Wimbledon, you just have to get up in front of the boys and sing a song when you join mm. the club. And um, this was John's. And as I said, it was quite an odd uh, choice. I mean, he'll have his own reasons. Maybe we'll find out in the fullness of time why he went down this route. So... Um, this courtesy of our old mate Gordon Smart. I saw him retweeting that today. Good afternoon, Gordon. Uh, these days, radio man himself. Former. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, here it is. Glad to discover <laughs> a little something to make me sweeter. Oh, baby, refrain from breaking my heart. I'm so in love with you. John, in the chorus, nice. the boys. Great song. <laughs> it's hard a cappella, isn't it? Well, there we go. <laughs> you got it. Oh, <laughs> I think we get the idea there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> couldn't do the high beam now. Difficult. There we are. Now, the interesting thing is, that Scottish stylist, kind of Edwin Collins, sings Erasure. He's got that style. He's uh, good. So, I think, I, well, I think, you know, a few jangly guitars and he could make an album. Well, why not? Uh, a voice to be trained there. So, well done, John. That was the, so, what about that? A little respect by Erasure after uh, and, 1988, uh, wasn't it? Continuing uh, the singing theme. Uh, nice Even one. Steve Bruce would have known that one. He, he was probably toe-tapping. Nice waste of ink here in the sun from Keith Blades. I don't know if he supports Sheffield United. <laughs> I don't think he does. He's yeah. from Surrey. Mm. He said, congratulations to Grace Reed, a European diving champion. Congratulations, yeah, yeah, of course. And the first British athlete I've seen actually singing the national anthem. You want to get out more, Keith? <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, I see, well, what's the point of writing a letter? That's just not patently not true, Yeah, is it? I mean, you know, you see, f- f- um, I think every uh, England game in the, and every England player sang the anthem in the World Cup. Mm. No, with, they did. Without I, well, yeah. I think, he, I mean, did he mean athletes in, in, in the European Championships or did he mean ever <sighs> in his know. life? He didn't say, Keith, I'm reading it as ever. <laughs> 
Okay. I think you've been a bit unkind to Keith, although he was in, unkind in the first place. I think he was. Very interesting era. I mean, often mm. players can be a bit mealy-mouthed, can they, when they're hit, they're hit with a direct question. Mm. But um, William, a Chelsea player, was asked, would he have stayed at the club uh, had Conte stayed? And he said, uh, rather emphatically, no chance, no well, absolutely. He, did, he didn't. There was none of that. Well, obviously, yeah. you know, we didn't have the. It was no chance. No. Look, you, you know, you don't have to be a genius to read between the lines last season. He, you know, he fell out with a lot of the players. There, yeah. was, there wasn't a great atmosphere. And you can see already this season there is a better atmosphere. So, mm. you know, and Conte is a great manager, but it all went horribly wrong for him last season. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure he came out of it particularly brilliantly, especially no. after his first brilliant season. But, uh, you know... He, He'll probably be back in work soon, though, when he oh, in yeah. Italy. We'll talk but, about But you don't that, want to get a reputation of being a manager that falls out with players. I mean, he, he, and it's it was one... You know, because it was one faction, mm. that's never a good thing. That never looks good. You know, that he fell out with Costa, who, you know, is basically Brazilian or Portuguese, whatever you want to look at it, but was a mate of Luiz. He fell out with Luiz and he fell out with William. And, and a lot of the Chelsea fans wanted William to leave the club. They thought it was disgusting. You know, yeah. they took his side over I didn't but they took his side over Conte's side but you know especially with the emojis and all that but I thought he had a point really you know I thought he treated him really badly and so especially towards the end of the season you bring him on for a minute and all this mm. it's an insult for a guy that's going to play for Brazil in the World Cup to, to give him a minute in the cup final that sort of idea is not ideal is it yeah no that's very true Andy I that's don't very think true so, I think that's fair enough uh, what else? I, I find this uh, this thing now. This week, the uh, Amazon are going to be Amazon Prime are going to have the U.S. Open. I honestly hope no one watches. I've got a thing about this that in the U.S. PGA, I, I I just think that these events that you know, for example, the U.S. Open. I know their their job is to maximise their U.S. Income. PGA. It was yeah, yeah, but also oh, yeah, the yeah, U.S. Sorry. Tennis Open. Oh, okay, right. But sorry. on the other hand, you've had a, a a partner like Sky for the last twenty years. Mm. You know, they've paid good money for this tournament, built this tournament up, and then you sort of turn your back on these these things for this new stream, this new, you know, Amazon Prime, which people can, I suppose, watch on TV. It's not just on the... But I, I, just, I just feel that it's... I feel for these television companies that are, you know, have a partnership with these big events, you know, and suddenly they go and do something like the USPGA did. I, I, I thought it was poor. There's no room for sentiment, is there? I mean, it's, well, it's a it's dog-eat-dog, dog, isn't it? Well, it is. I but, mean, you pay for the rights. You, they, they have something you, you want to you buy. Basically, you, know? you, you don't buy you, for fun. No, but you? you're spurning your loyal partners just for a bit more money and generally lower audiences. I mean, there's no question the USPGA rated and probably got a tenth of the audience it would have got. Mm. Fine, if you're happy with the money, you'll find that nobody watched the golf. Nobody saw Tiger Woods with this amazing charge. to In know, this country, yeah. In this country, you know. I'm not saying nobody, but, you know, not as many as would have seen if it was on Sky, would they? No. Yeah. Anyway, I love the fact that you, you've brought sentiment into the buying and selling of TV rights. I'm sure they all sit down there. I'm sure, they sat there that time. BT coming along, Sky saying, "All those years we stood by you, yeah, well, you Champions I League an types." And truth in well, that. you know, it, it's it's a lovely idea that that yeah, kind of sentiment exist, goes on it? in in top level business. But I, I doubt this is why you're here, Andy. You, you know, you're too nice. I know. You're too nice for this world. You'd let you'd be sitting there at the, some blue chip company and there'd be a rival who'd come in and tender for something and you'd say, 
well, you know, I feel bad really because um, I'm not going to go for it because these people have built this business up and <laughs> well, I just come in with more money. There's truth in that, isn't well, it? Well, but it's business, yeah, Andy. But, but, you know, but the thing is you get, you're making more money but less people are seeing what you do. Is that, yeah. is that a well, good thing? No, look, that's different. That is a slightly different argument. Yeah, well, that's, it depends. That's, my, that's part of my I mean, argument. when, you know, as we said... We, it, I don't care. I wouldn't watch a, a, a point in the tennis because I don't like tennis. No, but, but, but something, I know a lot of people do. We talk, we've talked about cricket and the brilliant job Sky do. There's absolutely nothing wrong with the coverage but it's no you know you can't get away from the fact the ECB are out there now trying to invent the game mm. and part of that is because there's no terrestrial coverage yeah. and one of the things they're going to do with the new shortened format crackpot game yeah. is to make sure it's on terrestrial telly it will telly. be on, on BBC I believe uh, probably right. you know 10 years after being on terrestrial telly is, is less important than maybe it's ever been before. So it may be mm. after the horse has bolted, ultimately. It's still important to have a terrestrial yeah. presence. I yeah. feel that about football, too. Yeah. Um, talking of money, though, uh, Marie Gosney, our old friend and serial letter writer. To the Sun, yeah, yeah. Or to all papers, really. To all papers. She got 50 quid yesterday. Mm. 50 quid letter for saying, I'm glad that Ant McPartland's taking more time out before going back to work. It's for his own good. And basically goes on like that. Well, I think we all agree with that. Mm. I'm not sure it's worth 50 quid. I got one published in the text, in the text, in the star today, but yeah. I didn't get 50 quid for it. No, I'm, I'm sure you didn't. You, you, it's you one of my some, best. You gave yourself a real pat on the back, though. They'll suss out who you are in the end, then they'll stop publishing them. <laughs> now, the whole point of closing the window early was really to do away with this sort of sideshow of your players being linked with other clubs. And as Peter Coates mm. told us, uh, if European clubs come in for players after we've closed that window, uh, like Zamo, we'll just say no. <laughs> yeah, um, so, but what we got at the moment, we've got uh, we've got the Pogba thing that's rattling on, and you know it's un- nothing's going to happen really in this window. He's too big a player; and they can't replace him. We've got the Christian Eriksen thing now, with a, a, a few clubs after him mm. in Europe. So you know he may get unsettled, he may not. Oh, There's no way he'll a, be. It's sold. unsettling. And. Um, beyond that, something we're going to talk about in a moment. We've got a Luka Modric thing that won't go away. There is a feeling that that's got that's got head of steam up. You know, but yeah. that's slightly different. That's a Spanish club. But there's certainly enough players in the Premier League that are in your squads, in your twenty, or will be in your twenty-five starters, who uh, are just unsettled for the next few weeks. So it's really not made a great mm. deal of difference. No. All it's done is stop one player who already plays in the Premier League playing against another team uh, in the Premier League when he's already maybe started a game. For the first team. That's, That's it. It. Ox, the Oxlade Chamberlain thing mm. is what's called all of this. And was it worth it? I'd say no. No, it would have been better if Arsenal had left him out. Indeed. Uh, anyway, um, still to come then, um, people are saying things like Pep Shin Guardiola, says Alan Owen. And what about Anders Schindergaard, says uh, Dean. <laughs> we didn't ask for these. No, that's good, though. We didn't ask for them, but go on. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby, Annie Jacobs uh, here mm. on okay. Talk Sport. Now, uh, Son Yong-min has, uh, has gone off to the Asian Games uh, yeah. in the hope that they win it and that he doesn't have to do national service for two years. <laughs> well, fair enough. So really. Spurs have quite happily uh, given him up uh, from a football point of view. But I was thinking the Asian Games, I just thought it was football, but it's not. Isn't it like the Olympics, only yeah, in it, Asia? Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. It's exactly that. Do you want to know some of the things that are in it? Yeah. This is a good game. CPAC Tacroar. No, never heard of it. So keepy uppy volleyball, really? uh, and they do kind of flash. I've seen it on the tennis kind of bicycle kicks. You oh, play with a small wooden ball. Really? You want to see a picture of it? Look at it. It's yeah, kind, never heard. It of looks that. like That's a martial sport. art over a net. It's like volleyball, like God, keepy uppy volleyball. Never even heard of that. It's very good. Uh, then the paragliding. <laughs> Although I take it Tottenham have said that uh, Sonny can't do any of these things. <laughs> we can't have it. We're a bit short in the <laughs> South Korean para. Can you jump in, Sonny? <laughs> he probably what about uh, Silat? 
Really? No relation to John like Silat, the old uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Orient on. manager, yeah. Chelsea player. A, a traditional Indonesian martial art featuring the use of various stick-like weapons, or Ooh, sticks, okay. basically. Yeah. yeah, Roller skating, that's in it. <sighs> Fair Sonny enough. Sonny doing yeah. that. And bridge. That's a bit, bridge? I don't mind having a game of bridge. <laughs> that's, that's not a bad idea. You'd be exhausted. Yeah, and of course, long the, game. the ubiquitous esports that are big. Uh, in that part of the world. Well, that's 40, in it as well. 40 sports. Oh, yeah, it's all in there. 40 sports. What about tossing the cable? Well, no, that's, I don't <laughs> think that's a traditional uh, sport. We never got that bloke on the world cable tossing. Not cable. cable. Not cable. He's a, cable. Poor old Vince Cable. cable. <laughs> Let's not go down that road at this time of day. But yeah, what a, what a, yeah, marvellous. Uh, so there we are, the Asian mm. Games. There. We'll, we'll find someone out, out there, Andy. We will, um, yeah. we will speak to our... Uh, Asian sports specialist of which I'm sure we have a number in the TalkSport phone book we do there we are uh, that was this afternoon's show and uh, you value my work so much the real dregs <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think this you've downloaded this podcast or well, I hope, yeah. podcast <laughs> I, I nearly said Count Arthur Hawksby you've downloaded this podcast and God bless you for that but uh, shall we tell you about another podcast well why not it's a brilliant idea it's called Reunited it's TalkSport's new show where we bring together famous sporting rivals to reflect on their careers now, but this the, is a brilliant one the first one AP McCoy and Richard Johnson who yeah. were great rivals and Johnson had to put up with McCoy being so brilliant every year and winning yeah. it every year. Uh, if you didn't hear the show on Sunday, you can get it as a podcast. That's right. So uh, it's, it's, again, a fantastic idea. There's a lot more to come from different sports, but uh, AP McCoy and Richard Johnson, there's a kind of band of brothers feel about jockeys, but of course they're great rivals as well. So they're both good talkers and nice fellas. So, I, look for, uh, I look forward to our one in about... 20 years time. reunited when we were quite bitter we, this ends in some sort of pub style brawl involving the producer the producer sides with me the assistant producer sides with you well, and I, reckon, then it, I reckon we'll win yeah well well yes uh, Taylor the, <laughs> Taylor the tape. I don't know he's quite tall he's, it's a touch of the John Tay Wilders about the assistant producer is he's all arms and legs I think it'll, John John Cadogan our producer would fight dirty yeah. I think he, he'd kind of work on the inside like Mike Tyson anyway just a Thought ever, ever should we ever have a fight between us? Which I'm hoping won't happen. Anyway, don't yeah, don't miss it. Reunited podcast. We're back tomorrow uh, from one. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.